Happy Friday. Welcome to another Hosty Short-Term Mental Intel podcast with my trusted co-host, Emily Farmer. Hello. Yes, good morning. <laughs> Today we are at uh, a beautiful four-bedroom home of ours by the nickname Antlers Lodge. It's kind of a northeast Colorado Springs, Colorado. And today we've uh, chosen to talk about a topic in regards that will help hopefully both property management companies and owners who are looking at new markets to move into, either to purchase new properties in, some of the things to look at. We've got about seven we've identified, or for property management companies who are looking to move from one market to the next market. Maybe they're ready for a second branch or something along those lines. So um, probably a, this for starters, the biggest one would be permitting. Mm-hmm. Um, we've run into some issues with permitting in different areas. It's going to start on a state level. It's going to go down to a county level, a city level. And I think we've seen a lot of our success, or not a lot of it, but uh, unincorporated areas. So areas outside of, of towns that are unincorporated that have no permitting at all. What is the, so you're filling out a permit for the city, but what are you saying it's also the state and the county? Well, I, so there'd be a, a couple different things you'd want to look at. For starters, a business license. Just about every single area that I'm aware of requires a business license. This is what you're going to need to remit sales tax, any state tax, any county tax. Typically, the business license is at a city level. So each city you're in is going to have their own business license. That's how you're going to take care of local taxes. So if you're a property management company and you're remitting the taxes to the state, the cities, uh, on the owner's behalf, obviously you're going to either need to, you're going to have to hold a business license as a, as a property management company, of course. But then a lot of cities are going to require that homeowner to get a business license as well. And either the owner's going to have to submit their taxes or the property management company's going to have to. But that's a good question because that's slightly different than permitting. So in some cities, they're going to make you get a business license. Basically across the board, expect that. But in some cities or counties, they're going to actually have a short-term rental permitting process. And they're going to have different rules around that. It's either going to be, a lot of them are going to look something like max occupancy, so two people per bedroom plus two. Some of them uh, out west in, in some of the mountain areas of Colorado, they did two people per bedroom up to three bedrooms, and then one person per bedroom after that. So when you typically think of the larger homes doing well because they have a larger occupancy, some of the permitting restricts that. Yeah, so you really have to look at what each city is doing what, yeah, absolutely. and to decide if this is going to be a great investment. Some of them have a complete hold, uh, a moratorium on applying for their licenses. Some of them are stagnant about it. People are still purchasing homes in those areas and they're submitting the paperwork either the, to the county or the city for the permitting because they have some form of permitting process in place. And the city is basically just quiet on the on the matter. So people are in this position where they don't know if they're going to get their permit, but they're still moving forward with turning homes into vacation rentals. So big thing to look at, permitting requirements. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
Yes. Yeah. Well, and then talking about investability, right? That would be your other step that you would want to consider when you're going to a new market, right? Yeah. So what does that mean to you? What would investability look like for a new market for you? Um, I would, you know, for, and I mean, I want to see, um, how big is the city? Um, how, where, how close is it to other things? And, um, well, I don't know what would it mean to you, I guess, because I'm, the more that I'm thinking about it, I might be getting into a couple of our other. I, well, you did, you touch because you'll touch on, I mean, labor force. So uh, labor force competition, similar inventory. Okay. I mean, so I think to simplify investability, one way to look at it would be the average price of homes in that area uh, o- divided by or over the average nightly rate of vacation rentals in that area. Okay, so from an owner perspective, that would yes. be, and then I started thinking about it as a property management perspective. What am I getting into? How you know? How can we market this house? Or am I going to have enough labor force there? Or is it near shopping? And is it near entertainment? Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at investability, you could look at, I mean, from an owner perspective, investability might mean that it's a good buy on the property and vacation rental rates nightly rates are are high or or at a, at a at a good price to make that purchase of that home worth it but even if make even if the purchase of the home is worth it is the labor force in that area going to support you running a quality vacation rental and so that might look like from a property management standpoint having quality cleaning teams having local support having maintenance teams um, having everything lined up but from an owner perspective, being able to themselves, if they did it themselves, finding a cleaner, finding a maintenance team, finding people on the ground to help. So mm-hmm. I think investability. So investability really is, you know, can I can I buy a home for a, a good a, a good price, and could I get a good nightly rate for it as a vacation rental? Would be that in a nutshell. And that goes into to labor force, and we've had trouble with this in in chaffee county so in parts of colorado where the labor force is minimum and everyone is overloaded with work or uh won't is not willing to accept more work um right there's it's a um, short shortage of contractors as well plumbers or um just general maintenance um i mean there's one laundromat in town that you know if if so to see what their labor force is if they're going to end up helping you with your laundry you know I mean is that going to be worth it at all um because I think we ended up going 20 minutes away to the next town for laundry services actually because our cleaner lived there and that made sense uh when we when we were trying it out um how many would you for more of a remote location how many cleaning teams or maintenance contacts do you think one should have lined up to really feel comfortable? Two, do you think two's enough? Do you think three? I, mean, I think if you want to have a seven-day turnover, 
definitely have a two, uh, two different cleaning teams or have one cleaning team that does have seven day a week coverage. Oh, you said, I'm sorry. Same day turnaround. Same day turnaround. Okay, I thought you said seven. Day well, turnarounds. I mean, yeah. Same day turnaround, seven days a week. You gotcha. Right. Gotcha. I mean, cause there is some, you know, restrictions that you can put on your listings with some booking platforms where you don't have anybody checking out on Sundays because you just don't have the labor there. Yes. But it, we're looking at to have those seven day a week same day turnarounds. So I would start looking for a a great cleaning crew and then also have that backup in my pocket. But with a maintenance, probably just one if he is on call, unless I'm expecting him, you know, to be clocked in five days a week and two days off. But if he is just on call, I bet one maintenance guy could start you off with one home. And that goes back to investability. You might be able to get a home for a good price. And overall, it seems like the market has good uh, nightly rates, but you might not be able to rent your house out for as often as you thought you might be able to because you end up blocking off days trying to line up cleanings, trying to line up different maintenance. That's issues. a really good point. We are running into some of those issues, just very minimal though, where we do a preparation time where we have a block for 24 hours before and after each reservation to assist with our cleaning crew because of the drive time, because of the, how long the laundry can take. And it can yeah, be detrimental to the owner's calendar. So uh, I, and ideally, yeah, you would want to ha- make sure that you have availability that is available that 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. window seven days a week and turns Absolutely. it over. But um, and this, just to be clear, these are your your cabin, your premium cabin getaways uh, that are a, a decent way out from any any city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 45 minutes plus out, uh, which also you know ties into the labor force and the next one would be seasonality and when you're talking about premium luxury cabins in in the mountains seasonality is a huge factor so um, when you're looking at markets to move into either an owner to purchase homes or either a property management company to to manage homes in that area seasonality is a big thing in uh, some of the markets that we're in We've got basically three seasons. We've got the summer, which is uh, a peak season, which is a peak season for a lot of markets. And you've got your 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 early springs, your your late uh, falls as your slow your mid seasons, and your winter typically as your slowest seasons of the year. And that's kind of our area in general. But then you might have an area like Scottsdale, Arizona, that is uh, just about the exact opposite of our market so if you're an owner and you have a a home in an area where maybe the winter's the slowest and then you have a home in a different area where the winter's the peak season you can offset some of that seasonality in homes that would be great actually right (laughs) yeah easier said than done absolutely (laughs) but as you as you look at those markets you know and and even Breckenridge and Colorado Springs are actually two good uh, mirroring markets and and a lot of our owners have homes in in both areas and of course Arizona and and Colorado are in different areas are, are mirroring markets and you could do this state to state you could have states that mirror each other or are opposite of each other and you can even do it with cities in states like Colorado Breckenridge mm-hmm. um, or I love thinking about the idea I grew up in Dallas Texas I mean there's there may be a seasonality for in Dallas but then we love going to the lake in the summer and the lake is only 20 minutes maybe some some uh, drives are an hour and 45 minutes but still like so you could be having those two markets offset each other 
Well, and uh, you bring up a big one. Uh, this will kind of tie into the vacation demand, but seasonality in, in terms of driving, a lot of times these homes are being filled with people who are driving, you know, four to six hours. It's um, de So depending on the town, and, and it kind of ties in investability too, you can have some markets that are, are more uh, driving destinations, um, maybe natural parks natural um uh there are the hot springs right yeah, exactly. like didn't you go to the hot springs in princeton two I hours away Absolutely. right yes. so people will always drive there like two hours three hours four hour drive people always will go there and that type of trip will never really get canceled whereas the destination vacation maybe to the beach destination or to the D disney world that could get canceled if if things pop up the mm -hmm. economy is bad whatever it is COVID 19 has been thrown in the mix but you have areas where people can always drive to uh then your seasonality isn't quite offset as as bad mm -hmm. right it doesn't right. so when you look at different areas uh consider seasonality when do you only have two to three months of the year to really capture the majority of the revenue for that home or is it pretty stable across one full year or do you have markets that mirror each other mm -hmm. um, and can you talk a little bit too i mean is there any benefit where you do have a short-term rental and then you turn it into a mid-term rental during a slow season or is that not recommended that's a tough question i go back and forth on i think i think depending on the situation in the slow season in the markets that we have a good pulse on, it seems like you'll make roughly the same gross amount in the slow season uh, on a vacation rental that you would make as a corporate rental, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you can pick up a good month or two months, maybe you might want to scoop that up and, and just have your, your slower months picked up but you also may want to use that time to come in and do touch-ups of the home. That's replace. a great idea. You know right? what I mean? What so, can you do better next season? Yes, now is the time to get in yes. there and, and refinish the kitchen or um, buy the new furniture that, or, yes. and maybe replace the carpet. The carpet. You know, whatever, <laughs> you know, so, so maybe touch it up a bit and, and that it, maybe the home doesn't need that. But also, um, it, it just depends. You know, sometimes you have guests that are willing to pay a decent amount for a month stay and it's just kind of a no-brainer to accept that reservation so mm -hmm. a case by case but as a property management company that might look a little different because the accounting gets uh, different because it's you know 30 days and above is really no longer a short-term rental anymore mm -hmm. um, in the eyes of most laws so um, mm -hmm. And then, well, the, I mean, thanks for touching on that too, with the, um, seasonality and the offset, we kind of go into, um, are there any other competitions in the area with thinking the same thing with? Sure. So from an owner standpoint and a, a property manager standpoint, if you're going to move into a new market, you're going to want to see what your competitions is like and, and, uh, what they're doing in the area. So, uh, in some of the areas that are a little bit more remote, you're going to see more of the uh, marketing type of companies where they just do uh, a portion of the management. A lot of it's just guest communications, uh, pricing, 
um, and booking and advertising of the home. So a lot of those remote type of, of jobs that take to re- run a vacation rental. Right. That's probably like the easiest way to go into another yeah. market because those yes. are things that can be done from anywhere. But basically the challenge, what Hosty wants to do, right, is yeah, well, to be hands a, on, boots on the ground. The turnkey service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, those, and so then those companies out there exist too. So you're going to want to look at what your competition's doing, what they're up to. Are they, um, you know, maybe kind of an, an older company, using legacy software and they're and they're trying they're a little too clunky to innovate and and play catch up to the industry as it changes you have some of your your hobby more your your mom and pop kind of your lifestyle businesses maybe realtor team investors husband wife uh, couple doing it and then and you need to pick what what you really want to focus on do you want to be a fully turnkey service uh do you want to have uh you know guest concierge services do you want to have a standard for the types of homes you want to manage, which also goes into similar inventory? Um, oh yes. So yeah, so you got competition and then similar inventory. If you are an investor, maybe you focus on a single type of, of, of home. You know, I know some people that they they specifically focus on just your premium or luxury vacation rentals. And so that's the one they're looking for. Some people are looking for multi-unit properties. And as a property management company, it really wouldn't make sense for Hosty to go to a market where they're $10 million beach homes and manage the ultra luxurious vacation rental. That's not really our, our area. We're in the you know premium premium to luxury family uh, stays, um, whether it be, you know, your one or two bedroom homes, even up to your luxury, your, your five to six, seven bedroom homes. So mm-hmm. if you have a strategy, you're used to one area, one type of home, then maybe you want to stick with that replicated in a new market. I even like that for a property management perspective, where if you're sticking with the kind of the same inventory in a new market and something goes wrong with the guest and you're able to move them to another unit that's sure. similar, you know, that's not going to uh, have them pay more than what they've already had or, or and yeah, so it's, it's easy when you have those units close to each other or it's just offering the same amenities. You have four bedroom home here, the guest maybe had an unfortunate event in that home, we've got another similar like home for mm-hmm. bedroom you can move the guest problem solved guest is happy yep and yes. then and then talking about the t- full turnkey too though and um the similar inventory what? i <laughs> wanted to come back to what <laughs> do you have a question no, what were you gonna say? <laughs> no i was just thinking sometimes you have the guest who's in like the two-bedroom home who's unhappy and all you have open is you know, a luxury six bedroom home and that's, you can't make that switch. (laughs) Maybe I want to bring up why that could happen, right? There's a misclean. The family has traveled all day long. They get to their house and it's just wrecked because maybe we somehow on the schedule, it got missed. Well, is it because your cleaning crew is traveling an hour to get there? And then, or how, you know, now when you have this emergency clean, when is the soonest that you can get a cleaner there? Like, do you have that immediate cleaning crew that has been prepared that you've talked to them about these type of emergency cleans? Are you able to dispatch them at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. at night? 
But if they're not able to get there in the same night, then yes, you can move the family over if that other home is available, right, with a similar inventory. And so just thinking again, I feel like just turnkey and having the boots on the ground and having a property management a person that lives there or an employee to communicate with your maintenance and cleaning crew the expectations or even being the backup if you don't have an available cleaning crew um that's you have what to have a local hero of sorts you local know, whether, hero whether yes. you're the owner whether whether you are you know a general manager of your of the property management company in that that city there kind of has to be a, a local hero of sorts mm-hmm. yeah um, spokesperson you know yeah. <laughs> come out and say, hey I'm sorry about the mistake and what can we do to help out um, but and then speaking of families and everything we also want to look at the vacation demand in these certain Absolutely. other markets right yes so you know we in Colorado Springs and and Colorado you you have all sorts mm-hmm. of different things you have summer activities you have winter activities outdoor activities indoor activities you know large cities small cities all all sorts of different activities and so you have um, vacation changes from from town to town, and we kind of talked about city to city, state to state. We kind of talked about that with with seasonality. Um, but you, when we talk about all these things, permitting, investability, labor force, seasonality, competition, similar inventory, and and you leave out the vacation demand. Uh, all those other things could look good, maybe, but if you don't have, if you're in an area where the vacation demand could get ripped out from under you uh, immediately, you know, from an instance like COVID, you know, where, where it's not, uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have a good mix of people that fly from state to state that come in and that drive from within a couple hours, you're heavily dependent on one, one source of, of traveler. So in times when you see the airlines kind of taking hits left and right, some of the more destination areas that people traditionally flew to, they're probably going to see their bookings suffer. And, and they rely heavily on parts of the year where people come from all across the country to get to that destination. Whereas maybe, you know, and, and that might be one strategy, like that's very successful. You see that, especially in like the Carolinas and, and destination beach towns and, and ski resort towns. Um, but what's also unique about, kind of an area like Colorado or areas that have winter and uh, and summer activities is you have the people who are driving, who are sustaining uh, one type of economy. They're driving, they're coming from short distances. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other people who are flying in for more specific times of the year, more specific uh, events, I suppose. Yeah, we have quite a few uh, different seasonalities in Colorado Springs. Yes. So we're we're very um, uh, lucky, I would say, because there's there's always something to do here, and then we're not that far away from the ski towns. But at the same rate, opening up a new market in or looking at some of the mountain homes or um, uh, in different parts of Colorado for different activities like the hot springs or um, even – uh, we're lucky because we have the Air Force um, College sure. here, so there's certain events that parents are coming to visit their kids, so they need a family home. And this is public information, too. You can get this from local um, municipalities and cities like, you know, their, their chambers of commerce, their, their tourist information mm-hmm. centers, uh, you know, county data. You can see really where travelers are coming from, <clears throat> and you can get a general idea of the market's uh, before you invest there. 
And, and maybe it's a place you really love to go with your family, and then you take a look at, at some of the dating and say, well, you know, we might like to go there, but it doesn't seem like it would be a good place to, to invest or to grow a mm-hmm. property management company. Whereas you might hear of a place where you've never really gone and, and you start to look into it, you know, maybe like Albuquerque or San Antonio, you don't necessarily think of those as your sought-after travel destinations, but they seem to have healthy vacation rental markets. So um, taking a look at, at, at where your guests are coming from and what, what the vacation demand is in that area, I think, would be mm-hmm. yeah, on that top seven list. Do you have – is that something that um, – current homeowners are asking for more advice too about where other places they can invest in? Yeah, as we start to look at, you know, where Hosty might go and, and our next steps in, in different cities, different states, uh, these are all things that, that we're looking at. In just kind of in summary, the, the permitting. Even if uh, we go to a market, is the, the permitting going to be a, 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 huge, a huge issue? For homeowners... For the, for the business is investability is it when you look at the investability of these homes uh can you really even does it does the investment even make sense to do as a vacation rental uh, which of course is one of the biggest factors of them all the labor force am i really going to have someone to support whether these are employees or these are people working for you for the home am i really going to be able to support my investment <clears throat> or my business and then is, is seasonality so detrimental that I may not even want to be in that market? Or if the market has heavy seasonality, is there another market that I can offset it with? And then from a, a, business, from a competition standpoint as a whole, what's my competition like for other homes in the area if I'm going to be doing it myself as an owner? Or as a business, what's my competition like? What are they doing as far as technology for laundry services? dynamic pricing how many employees do they have you know is, is it a hobby business is it professional or is it is it lifestyle business um and that's the same for for a, a homeowner doing it themselves are other homes in the area being done by individual hosts or are they done by by professional property management companies and and weigh that into your decision on if maybe you're going to do it yourself or turn it over to management Similar inventory, this is kind of, you know, put in there in the top seven, but uh, kind of a higher idea of uh, do you want to have many multi-unit properties versus a handful of ultra-lux properties? What's your market? You know, your three- to four-bedroom homes, your families, uh, or your 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 condominiums or your luxury homes. So your, your similar inventory. And then, of course, the vacation demand. We're in the vacation rental market. Is there a demand to support it? So these are all really great tips and really great things to look at. It it really is wholesome to where it, you know, my first thing would be the labor force, just because I was in property care and the cleaning and the maintenance. And sometimes I don't realize the other half of it. So um, it, and so enlightening me on that, it's you know maybe we do have the labor force, but the permitting is not there, or it's the similar inventory is not really reachable. But well, you look at some of these towns, and and they don't even have reliable internet. Like it may be a wonderful place to go visit <laughs> and vacation. 
but they're, the internet goes out for, for days at a time. So, mm-hmm. And I mean, that may be somebody's um, amenity that they don't really That's care true. about. What's the but, definition right, of like, I want to go somewhere where there is no Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, but that is kind of tough because I'm sure there's a majority of people that are looking for the Wi-Fi. But I mean, I don't know. I, I had to... Uh, do or deal with what I had when I went camping with my son and there was no Wi-Fi out there so we could not use the iPad so we played dominoes and checkers maybe it's a pleasant surprise (laughs) (laughs) well thank you Emily thanks for joining us and thank you everyone for tuning in for another episode of uh, short-term mental intel with hosty have a wonderful day